tear, tear, tears tear, are yeah. coming. Every time I hear the birds yeah. out there doing that, that's what I hear. Anyways, what are we doing today? I started it. Oh, you did start it? Yep. Should I was messing good. with my mic. I had no idea. So that's going to be like really awkward at the beginning. Well, aren't the beginnings already really awkward? I suppose. So I just start it randomly when you don't know. Surprise. Well, that's a good way to do it. <laughs> good morning, afternoon, whatever time of day that is that you're listening to it. Hello, everybody. We're going to talk about um, a requested topic today. It's actually, a good by one, too. A lot of people. And it's, yeah, it is. A, it's a great topic. And it's an important topic is Christians. This is probably, this is one of the things that you have to remain conscious of every single day. I mean, this is something that affects your your everyday life. This is something that, um, you know, we, it's a fight for us as Christians. So, uh, spiritual warfare and spiritual attacks was a bunch of you have re- requested what are they? You know, like what 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 are they? What do they yeah, do? I feel like we read about them, really but we're not know. really educated yeah. too much on it. I know I've or kind the way of, we think we understand it right. might not necessarily be what it is. You know? Right, right, exactly. Yeah, I think that's the because there's a problem with this topic is e- people either give it way too much credit. Yeah, way, 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 way too much credit, or they don't give it. Any, credit any consideration all, whatsoever. Which is, that is violently dangerous mm-hmm. to not give it any credit. It's also violently dangerous to give it too much credit. Because once you start getting like that with, you know, throwing the, you know, the fear of, you know, Satan into people and, yeah, you know. It gets really wonky yeah, really it fast. It gets really, really crazy, but there's a lot of realities to it. Or people give it too much where anytime anything goes not the way you want it to, ah, yeah. Satan's out to get me. Yeah. It's like, eh, not necessarily. No, this is <laughs> this is something that I, even before I was even right with the Lord, that mm-hmm. I had, I think since I was little, just kind of a weird understanding of this. Yeah. It was something that always kind of interested me, but it was always something that I could kind of understand. I think there was a fear to it when I was, you know, little. Um, But then it kind of, not really scared, scared, but there was something kind of just, I was always kind of a little kid into that, like, weird, like, spiritual stuff. Mm -hmm. And, but It always captivated you. Yeah, it always did, but not on, like, a... um, you know, not like on a weird new agey level or anything. I'm talking about, you know, like like demonic and angelic yeah. is what I'm, you know, like the reality of the well, world. Well, that like C.S. Lewis screw tape right. letters was a book you read when you were young. And, you yeah, know, like that that was, was, yeah, that was, yeah. And that, you know, that was so funny. That's, thank you for bringing that up because that was so funny that it was, I remember it was so random. I was, I was so small. Yeah. I mean, I was really When your brother little. gave you that book. When my yeah. brother gave me that book. And he, I, I lost it in the flood. That's yeah. one of the, that's one of the things that I lost in the flood. That, oh my gosh! Because I, if I could, pay to remember or read or remember the message that he wrote to he me wrote in the beginning in it, yeah. of it, because he sent that to me when I was small. Yeah. And I mean, I couldn't have been. I don't even think I was ten. Yeah. When you know he he sent it to me, 
you know, if y'all don't know what that is, the screw it's C.S. Lewis's screw tape letters, and just go look it up. It's fascinating about it's about how um, just kind of a fictional story about how Satan interacts with Christians on a daily basis and in in the world at large. And we'll recommend and it's, it's on Amazon and it was on uh, <clears throat> Pure Flix, but there's a movie Divination. Yeah, that's very that loosely, loosely based, based off, off of, of it. Screw tape letters. And I even I we thought it was going to be cheesy. We, we really totally did. did. We thought it was going to be so bad. <laughs> we're getting ready to turn but it we're off. But we were like, you know we... what? Yeah, and it, it started off kind of like, eh. but then we, as we got watching it, I was like, this is second. really good at explaining how all of this works. And our family has watched that movie now multiple times. Heads up, if you do go watch it, there are a few scenes that are like, who like yeah, like a, legit creepy. They are that yeah. we now they scared us really bad. But, first time, but you now know, we know they're there. Even though it is, I'm not saying it's not cheesy a little bit, but it's you know it's really I would call it one of our family's like favorite movies just yeah. because of the way that it it gives you that accurately uh, portrays yeah it does very battle through a through a fiction you know fictional type movie of you're not saying take it as like yeah it's not it's not (laughs) you know absolutely not but all of the things that are in that is the basically the scriptural idea that you can put together of how this this works exactly so it's that and they did a really good job of putting it out and they like i said they loosely based it off of c.s lewis's book and they did it in a way that honored the way that C.S. Lewis wrote about it. Yeah. And he, I mean, because that was, that was before Divination. I remember had, because I read a little bit of that when I was smaller of that. And I was, I remember being fascinated, but was like, you know what? It's still too young. I'm like, I'm still not ready for this. I'm like, it was really cool. Like, I understood what I read in like the first couple chapters. But then I was just like, ah, oh, you know, I just kind of put it down being that small. And um, I picked it up a little bit later. But, you know, I, I remember just being so captivated by, like, understanding so much on how much this worked. Um, even at a young age, just from that book. So I, and I have read it since then. Yeah. And it's still, I mean, it's it's amazing. And I think, it, I think everybody would benefit from it. Again, it's the Screw Tape Letters by C.S. Lewis. By C.S. Lewis, mm-hmm. and if if you read it, you I I assume that you feel the same. It's it's pretty captivating. It's a great book. Again, it's an it's another work of fiction, but C.S. Lewis has a way of just well, like Randy Alcorn in the right. Heaven book. In the Heaven he book, refers he refers to um, the Chronicles of Narnia all mm-hmm. the time. Yeah, by C.S. Lewis because and Lewis painted the picture of did. the kingdom, and off it's of, such a great way. Yeah. We read the Chronicles of Narnia and watched the movies with our kids before going through the Heaven books, and it was such a great way for them to like whoa, like to pull a reality into mm-hmm. that. Like C.S. Lewis. Well, was and that's very what and that that's way. what the spiritual world is basically yeah. is is that same kind of idea as a Christian that you need to understand that that's what type that's the type of thing that we're kind of speaking of here that there's a very very real present world that's right in front of you that you can't see but it's scripturally that the spiritual world is more real than our physical world than this yeah it it is because this is just a you know i mean as the spiritual world has been around you know since the beginning of, of time like this and especially um where we're gonna lead into here with 
with what Satan's ability is and how all this. I'm gonna try to mean, I I cannot cover every single scripture <laughs> on this topic. I will definitely link a bunch of stuff on here, so I will only be um, working from a couple different specific scriptures here, which I normally don't like to do. I normally like to have like a whole list. And there is, but I would also like to talk on every single yeah. one. And I, it's going to be that we'd be here for like five hours. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody would listen to this. So I, I want to make sure I keep this kind of, you know, at least a little bit focused here, but I will definitely post uh, links and everything to either articles or uh, scripture links um, for a lot of this. Cause the Bible has everything to say about this. This is where oh, completely, where we understand and learn a lot of things. And the Bible will take you outside historically because it will lead you to looking up a lot of either places or, or things. You know, we we talk. This was hard because this is going to be part, I guess, a, um, a spiritual spiritual attack episode, but also a, um, a pink elephant <laughs> Uh, episode two, because at the beginning of all these the spiritual attacks, we have to go to um, the garden, of course, in Genesis, but and Satan deceiving Eve. But you also go forward a little bit further to Genesis six. And we get into the the Nephilim, we get into the the angels that had left their. You're not going to do a separate pink elephant on this? I, no, it's it's hard not to tie. I guess I, I still will, so I guess I won't say too much about it. Um, but basically what happened in Genesis 6 has a large effect on demonic forces and spirits does, today yeah. in, in our in our daily, you know, world, world lives, everything right now. Spirits are at work right. around us, and people are like, "Wait, what? <clears throat> Wait, what? Yeah, <laughs> what you know, you, you have no idea what, you're, no idea what you're talking about." Um, we know from Genesis six that there is a, there's a certain group of demons, fallen angels, fallen angels, that were somehow so bad and we know what the somehow is because they had left their place in heaven and they came down to earth and slept with women and took women as wives here on earth yes angelic beings took literal human wives yep and they impregnated like literally them. all this has stuff happened yeah yep they impregnated them and they made giant demonic babies. Mm-hmm. These were fallen angels, so these were demonic heavenly beings because they left their place of authority and took wives. So that means that they left God's presence. There's a lot. Sorry. <laughs> You're gonna, the dog just walked yeah, in. Yeah, the dog so just came in. It's all right. Um, <laughs> uh, took wives. Yeah, took wives. It's and this demonic. is all this will all be on a pink elephant, but this is all just this is all biblical. <laughs> I know this sounds crazy. And this is a lot of people don't talk about this. I know a lot of churches. You don't. I John MacArthur talks about it and he does a great job with it, too. 
Um, but this is your, um, the, but it was a certain group of them. It was not, it was not all demons everywhere. It was, these ones were really, really bad. So bad that when they did these things, they had these, these giant demonic babies that ended up, you, the Bible, um, Bible, that's basically what the f what the conditions of the flood <laughs> were all about. Well, because I think most because, people believe that Noah's flood was just people were really bad. Right. It's like, well, people were, and their minds were. And sorry for stumbling evil. over that. It's just like, man, I know some people haven't heard this before, so I don't want to sound super crazy. Yeah, because uh, to... I know this is new to people, um, a lot of people. So obviously, at the time of the flood, things were bad. Yes, completely with people, and there's a lot of issues and sure. stuff there, but. A but there bigger was underlying factor. there was a bigger underlying factor, and and the factor of that was these half human, these half, half human, people. half they're the giants, demon mm -hmm. giants that were we're not talking about like Goliath nine feet tall. Oh no, we're giants. talking like thirty. Yeah, we're talking about literally th like thirty foot tall giants. They found. They have found giant skulls on every single continent yeah. in the world. Yeah. And they have found – there's plenty of research that's gone – there's plenty of crazy research. Now, this Nephilim topic, this topic can take you to space, dude. This can take you completely out, and you have to be careful with this, okay? Because this is one of those things that's – it's just like – to me, it's just like the pre-tribulational rapture, right? Like, it's important, and it's biblically true. But you have to be careful with it because it can bring out the worst in people. It's just one of those topics. So the Nephilim can definitely do that. So you, you have to be careful. But at the same time, we know scripturally we have a lot of information on it. And there's even a lot more. I don't like to recommend, you know, extra biblical books that were not included in scripture, especially ones that, that have had issues you know serious heretical issues in them um like enoch like the later versions of enoch they they he had there's some heretical problems in that that definitely did not come did not were nowhere near close to to anything that we can uh harmonize with our scripture and that stuff so we know that that stuff to stay away from but in the first in in one enoch which is the first book of enoch is this book was is still included in a lot of different um, orthodox orthodox uh, churches in um, I think the Greek or which not, none of that is affirming for our our beliefs at all. But they still this book is still around, and at one time it was considered scriptural and in in canonical, um, but. It, 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 there's a lot of interesting things that, that that go around the book of Enoch, and I just encourage everybody to do their own research on it because you you can find it if you're discerning. You you can you can get what's going on. You can because we see that Jude quotes directly out of Enoch. We have we have Peter that quotes it, and even Jesus quotes it. Um. And when you read it, you can t you can harmonize. A lot of it with what we have, yeah, and it will make in our in our canonical books, which is the, our Bible that we have today, you know, and in, in in the Bible that you're hopefully in right now, um, you, you can 
you can harmonize most of it with that. Some people have tried to do some crazy things in it, and I just don't think that that's right. But anyway, that book gives a lot more detail to this period of time with what's the select group of fallen angels and how this worked and how they made a pact on like we're already in trouble so we're all doing this together come on let's go like there there's a lot of really cool information that Mm -hmm. makes will unlock a lot of understanding in scripture because a lot of questions that you have in there um you know you're like Ah, that makes sense. And you have to, like I said, you have to be careful. You can't make and invent your own doctrines or understandings or anything like that off of that. But there's no harm in, if you can harmonize the a book like Enoch with what you have in the scriptures that you have. And what I mean by that is be able to, to take the principles that Enoch's talking about Okay, is this is this speaking of Jesus, which, yes, Enoch is the first to actually directly speak of Christ because Enoch was one of the first prophets, if not the first um, prophet, especially to announce Christ in his in his second return, which is mind blowing that Enoch prophesied the, the return of Christ. The, and Enoch the, is the seventh from Adam is like, the this seventh is from so Adam this early is so on. early on. I mean, it's just it's it's crazy. And it, it's directly at this. So you can see that, you know, this is talking directly about Jesus' second coming. This harmonizes everything with the apostles. Even I guess the point that I'm trying to make with with the, the apostles quoting it is the apostles clearly had. There was clearly a book of Enoch, of Enoch's writings or prophecies or something that was that the Jews had at that time that they they held as important because if you quote out of a prophecy that Enoch gave a lot of people think it could be part of the oral tradition um but you, you can you can do your own research and there's many different theories but i find that they had they had these you know scroll they had these writings of Enoch, these you know, so like I said, you have to be careful with the fr- the the later books in it, um, but it, it'll give you an understanding of this group of angels and, and what the fallen angels and what what they've done, and, and basically, it it's they are on a mission in every single way to destroy humans, but to incorporate themselves in every aspect of everyday, your real everyday life. Because they interact in the spirit world to affect your physical world. Now, there's a, not to scare you, there's a lot of protection, so don't, don't be running scared and thinking that there's demons out to get you right now. So, but with the with the really really bad demons, they are in bound in chains in the Middle East right now. Literally so, down, literally in the ground, bound yeah. in chains, literally under the earth. Which until um, the time of revelation, until the time they... of revelation, until the time of judgment, um, as Scripture tells us that that's when they will be let loose on on the earth for judgment because that's that's like that's how bad these guys are and how much 
how they how much they want to destroy with these are Satan's like main henchmen here. These are his main main guys. You know, these aren't your little stupid little demon, which I think uh, divination does a good job of showing this. There's kind of like this, like well, there's an order. There's to a, them. there there yeah, there, there is the there's same. we don't uh, again. This is this may sound weird to a lot of you, and it, it may sound kooky, and I I caution you not to go crazy on it. But there's an order to Satan's kingdom that is it's the order the same order of of the way that Christ's kingdom works in the spiritual world. But I mean, his doesn't hold any power. And his is his is very very limited. His is, I mean, God has him on a very very short leash. I mean, it's not you don't don't worry. And he has to ask permission for everything that he does. God controls everything. Even though that Satan is the god of this world, God still ultimately controls him, and nothing is out of his control. And it's nothing that you that you have to be concerned about anymore, especially with the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Um, Christ did. You know, he he disarmed the spirits and the authorities in the heavenly places. That means ultimately that doesn't mean that their 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 ability to do things and their ability to in these different there to interact and, and try to get you and try to destroy you has gone away. But it takes away any any, um, you know, destruction or any literal um, direct, you know harm that it could cause you as far as you know losing your life or something like that um they don't have the, the power to do anything like that so you don't need to be scared but anyway those those were the the really really bad ones and and they are in chains and they are those are the ones that are going to be let loose but they still have some sort of communication into this demonic realm. Like there's still demons that still communicate with them and they still work in this realm um, that we can't see to completely destroy our Christian lives in a very, very direct way. If Satan is the God of this world, that means that every world system, everything that you can see physically see touch do not that anything is is you know this is where we go on the other side where we don't think the physical world is bad because satan's everywhere you know that's that's not necessarily the case either but at the same time he's in everything he's in the church he's in teachings he's in he's in everything you know, nowhere does it say that it's going to be, you know, that because Satan's in something that it's going to be some like demonic convulsing can, you know, oh, I'm demon possessed and writing weird crap, you know, green pea soup and stuff like, no, that's not. It's not necessarily the way that it works. I mean, there's, uh, it, you know, there there's a sense of fear, I guess, that works that way a little bit, but he's a lot smarter than that. He knows you're scared and he tries to scare you, but he's smart. So it, it, yeah, everybody it's, is afraid that Satan's just that, you know, red guy with the pitchfork and the pointy tail, you know, like it's all like mm -hmm. oogie boogie stuff coming to get you Ouija boards and mm -hmm. witchcraft. Yes, mm -hmm. completely 
demonic. Sure. Yes. But <laughs> right. It's but not you really just have that. to understand him and his power and, yes. and the demon's power to be able to understand all of this because you realize that there's so many things that he can't do. Okay, yeah. he's not God. No. Okay, he he has to ask permission for everything that he does. We see that Jesus tells Peter, he goes, Peter, Satan has asked to sift you. Mm-hmm. So he has to, he asked God, this, or he asked Job the same thing. Or asked God for Job. Yeah. The same exact way. He, he had asked, to ask hey, permission I, for yeah. it, though. And God had to give him permission. So there, he has very, very limited power onto what he can do. But we also know that he, he rolls around like a, like a, like a lion, See, a roaring lion seeking to destroy. Meaning he is around, even though he, that lion can't come up and, and swat you down and attack you unless you let it into your life. He, he, he circles around you and tries. He's seeking to devour you in every possible way that he can. So even though he still has to have permission to do these things, he's, he has ability to be able to get you to trip. He doesn't need any permission for that. That's part of his eagle works. Because he's not doing anything there. He's tempting you. He's trying to get you to do it. So that's that's how he works. It's a trick. It, it's not something that he has to ask for, get permission to do, to do. That's who he is. And yes, because of, and he's not, he can't be everywhere at once. It's not like that. He's not that good. He He's, he's certainly, certainly more powerful than you. And you have to understand that Satan himself is number two to Jesus Christ himself. I mean, like, that's how the order that we're talking about here. Some, <clears throat> I think it's Mormons, they're crazy. They believe that, like, Satan and Jesus were brothers somehow. I'm pretty oh. sure it's Mormon. It's nuts. Interesting. I sound really ignorant about that, so forgive me, Mormons. Not. It's demonic to say that the Satan, like, that is just insane. Yeah. So... Anyway, then that's not the case at all. But still, he Satan is is the highest heavenly being besides Christ, if that makes sense. If I'm saying that correct, I want to explain that correctly because it's not like he, he's it's like not a literal order there. But he he was it's just representing that he was very very high up in God's direct presence and. And we can see that the um, the angels that are in God's presence, like Gabriel mm-hmm. and Michael, you know, Michael the Archangel, we know that we have Because there's these an order angels. to things. There, it, there go, is yeah. an order to things. And we know that Satan was the top order of those things. So he was definitely... Um, he wasn't the, a little nobody. He, no. And we can see that through the power that he holds and the ability to be able to... I mean, think about it. it, This is how powerful Satan is. His enemy is God. Like, I mean, um, that that shows his weakness at the same time, but that also shows how powerful it is. Yeah. Because, like, we can't, like, that that doesn't work well for us. Like, this guy is is literally an enemy against God because he's the one that's, 
that's been able to make us fall. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, that's so how important he, he is. A, a he deserves a great deal of He deserves power, a great know, of deal understanding. of understanding. And you need to, um, you know, just understand who your enemy is. And the fact that he's got this this kingdom, you know, like I was saying, that was much like Christ's in the anti-way because it's trying to destroy. It's trying to, you know, everything is opposite of what we have in, in Christ. He just does everything opposite, but it works, you know, the same way. He's got his angels or demons. He sends his demons out to go get to collect this information for him, to know these things, to hang around. They know who you are. They know what you do. They know where you go. They know what you buy. They know they know all of these things, not because Satan's omni, because this spiritual world is consistently around us and they're constantly telling on us. That's literally what it is is we live in this this battle and Satan is trying to devour you, okay? And he doesn't know enough information. So he has to get it. But he's been tailing you for a long time. And he's been keeping tabs. Like an awesome private investigator. Yeah, he's he, he's very, very good. And he's got a lot of people working for him. Matter of fact, you can't get away from him. Because like I said, he's not God as to where God knows everything and knows the process of everything and how everything works. Satan doesn't know that. But, <laughs> but he's got like the, you know, the cameras of the world on every single person ever with his just the demonic forces. So he's got he's got a lot working for him. And not only does he know you and know all these things about you, but I mean, he's involved in in influenced in everything that you that you do, where you work, what you, you know, all of this. It's, I don't know if that sounds nuts. I hope it doesn't sound too crazy um, trying to explain it. But like I said, in knowing your enemy, that's just knowing what you're fighting. You're fighting with somebody that knows you and knows all the negative about you and sits there. And we can see that Satan still hasn't lost his power to accuse. That's why we still have an advocate in Jesus Christ. Why we have the Holy Spirit is sealed. Because as, as before, when Satan would accuse us before God, it's like, I must deal with, you know, I'm dealing with this sin. Now, it's sin has been paid for. So, but he can sit there and he throws up these accusations to God of everything that we're doing and everything that you do and all the negative and all the negative. So his <clears throat> his voice is still going out. You know, report. So these things are these things are the worst things about you, the the things that you know that are not true that do not come from God. Hey, that's just him out there telling just lies. That's just him just knowing these things about you and, and knowing how to be able to get you down and how to be able to get you to destroy you by listening. And most of the time, it's it's 
it has to do with not letting ourselves be forgiven because a lot of times we get we fall into this you know the state of depression or despair or you know and a lot of times we're not letting you know the grace of god do its job and and we we get really frustrated and we just get you know, I say that we put ourselves in a penalty box, and and, he, and a lot of times that's where it starts. You know, um, it also can start, you know, on, on what you're involving yourself in and what you're doing. You know, are you letting, you know, your these things in? Are you letting these things into your life? Are you, you know, what what kind of things are you involved in? What are you doing? Um, those are usually the things that can can let it in and let it in closer and that's what's interesting about the divination movie is that they portray the uh angelic world as a typical but they look like just normal guys and they have the they do have wings i think it's just to be able to distinguish the fact sure, because yeah. you can't really tell other than they've got like a maybe a slight little glow i guess around the angels mm-hmm. in the movie which the smart. people in the movie obviously cannot see the angels and the demons, but they're they're like literally in the mo- They're like in the scenes yeah. because the stuff walking is really through the scenes. All us. Yeah, they're walking through the scenes literally, and you can't see it. So the the angels are portrayed just like normal people. Right? Well, all the demons are portrayed by these guys in black suits with. Um, I guess not all of them have shaved heads. Some yeah, of them have hair, yeah. but the one really bad one has a shaved head. Yeah. Anyway, uh, they're but they're all in just all black suits and they wear like black sunglasses and and they you know they walk all around. But it's funny because the angels stand out like outside of their houses of of these Christian people, these this believing covenant. So they have the protection of the angels outside, and you see the demons, uh, you know, coming driving down the street in their car and pulling up to the house. And they're kind of like staking out the house, waiting for something to happen inside of the house. And then, I like, they start arguing. This Christian couple starts arguing in the house. Well, that allows the demon to get out of the car and go up to the window and look inside the window. And then it gets worse, and then it allows the demon to open up the window and get inside the house and then get into the family. And then once the demon gets all the way into the house, he gets to each person, and he stands in between each person and stands there and just tells lies to each person. You know, these things like, he hates you. He'll never love you. He thinks, you know, all these horrible things that he's saying to this one person. And then he goes and turns and says something to the other person. But that's because you've let that in. Because not not necessarily just because of the argument, but that was just an example. That is in the movie, I think. That's how they the one starts. They start arguing a lot. But what are you letting in? What yeah. are you opening yourself yeah, up to? Exactly. Do you think about that? Do you do you think about that? Do you let them in? Because if he's if he's around you like a roaring lion, seeking to devour, then he's everywhere at all times, and, and that's literal. That means like okay, then that means that at any point. Why do you think it's written? Give no opportunity to the devil. Give no opportunity because if you do, he's right there. That's why you have to be armed in Ephesians 6. And he is walking around you literally a roaring lion because he's waiting to pounce. 
Yeah, right. In any little given opportunity. Waiting. Why do you think when we are tired and stressed out and worn thin that it's so much easier to snap, to be angry, to say things to your husband and kids that you normally wouldn't say? Like, why do you think that is? Because the more and more that he can use this world to wear you down, the easier it is for him to get at you. Yep. I mean, look at why do you think, you know, animals hunt down the sick and the young and the wounded and the things like that? They look for things and then they go for kill shots. He's doing the same thing. That's why this is this is the statement. And I remember you did this in your study, but this is why the statement is so important in First Peter five. Be sober minded. Because being sober-minded is paying attention to what's going on around you and being watchful. Yep. Because the devil and his little minions are around at all at times. all times. They're not giving you any rest. Inside, you can't get them. Trying to get inside, and how do they get inside? What does the? I mean, the devil has. Um, seven main points, and this is from. Alan Parr breaks it down to seven points, which he's he's a pretty good teacher. I really like him. Um, but he's got he's got seven main points that the devil will just tries to destroy. And it's to he wants to distract you, he wants to discourage you, he wants you to have discontent, he wants you to be divided, he wants you to have doubt, he wants to deceive you, and ultimately he wants to destroy you. That's a perfect list. Yeah, yeah it was a. Pro- I mean, well, that's why I wrote it down. I was like, "Dang, that's really, really good," and that's a really good way to to think about it. So, grab your if you you should already have your Bible, but write this somewhere in there. I'll read all seven again, just real quick, and you can write them down. Distract, discourage, discontent, divided, doubt, deceive, and destroy. Yeah. And those are the the seven points that the, the seven D's. <laughs> yeah. That, that seven the seven D's wants to um, how he wants to and how he can get into your life and what he can get you to do. Well, those are the most of the time he can get. get you to do all of these things. He oh, doesn't yeah. need to. He doesn't need to possess you like some crazy person and get, you know, you don't yeah, need to be under, you know, it's too. like, yeah, we're not talking like the exorcist, like you're deep. No, he can get you to do it yourself. Yeah. We're great at destroying ourselves. We are. I mean, that's perfect. And that's, that's his main weapon that he uses. It's not, you know, that's why, you know, Paul says in Ephesians six that, you know, our battles are not flesh and blood. They are against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. I mean, those are our battles. So those are those are real battles. Now we have that's why we are told to put on the armor of God, because the armor of God, there's only one defensive weapon in the armor of God. The rest is all offensive weapons. I'll go ahead just impromptu. I didn't even know that I was going to impromptu go to the um, armor of God, but I guess it just kind of rolls into it a little bit. It's a perfect way to go about it, though. I mean, for anybody that is dealing with this and trying to. Sure. Yeah, I mean, this is, you know, so here it's going to be Ephesians 6, starting in verse 10. 
Finally, be strong in the O, oh, and I'm in I'm in uh, ESV. It's fine. So I I just don't want to uh, confuse anybody. I'm in ESV. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. May go back and and highlight that well, i mean you should have this whole thing highlighted but that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm stand therefore having fastened on the belt of truth and have i'm sorry that was 14 continuing 14 stand therefore having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes as your feet having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication to that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. All right, and I'm pretty sure I misspoke earlier. I think I said defensive. There's only one defensive weapon. There's only one offensive weapon. <laughs> That's what I meant to say. Because the only offensive uh, weapon in this list of, that we just read here is the um, is God's word. The, the sword. So, in, in the sword of the spirit which is the word of God. That is what our offensive weapon is. The rest of these are defensive, right? We put on the belt of truth, having the breastplate of righteousness, shoes as your feet, having put on readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith. That's your biggest defensive weapon weapon right there the shield of faith which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one yeah because you're in a battle and you're getting shot at from every angle praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication and to that end keep alert with all perseverance making supplication to the saints that's be alert we have to but we have these weapons that we have as christians to fight against these yes we have a battle but we have everything that we need so yes it's it's identifying the battle is huge in realizing who satan is and who his little minions are it is very very important but to not be afraid of that, look at the look at the whole weapon as as a you know it, it's written here. Paul is is writing most likely describing a Roman soldier, you know, thinking of that you know you're 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 a soldier, um, fighting a spiritual battle. 
So how does that, what does that mean to you? Well, that just means, guess what? On the days that you don't want to do it, identify what that is. You know what that is. You're listening to lies. They are getting you. You know what? In some days, they get too much and, and they overcome you and you get defeated. That doesn't mean that you're possessed by spirits and Satan has some power and triumph over you or anything like that. No, because there will be times that we do fall and there's times that um, we shouldn't. There's no excuse for it, but it, it doesn't. I mean, that makes us as human and that's why we need Christ. That That just shows our our inability to be able to do these things for ourselves. And the very reason why we need Christ is because we get defeated and he has overcome. So we absolutely need that. But on those days that we don't, we don't feel like it, that everything is going wrong, that all these things. Yeah. You know who you're, yeah, of course it is because you're fighting against, you're fighting against spiritual forces. That doesn't mean that every single little battle that you have, every single negative thing that you have is some re direct result of satanic forces in your life trying to ruin your life. Don't think that either. Because it's not. Just like Jesus said, it's not that this man or his parents sinned. It was to show the glory of God. So the, the glory of God, God actually could be putting you in these situations too. So maybe these bad things that happened to you in retrospect aren't that bad because God meant them for good later on in life. So you you have to weigh what's going on here. But once you get stronger in the spirit and you and you learn how to take up this armor, you can be able to distinguish which darts are coming what what's coming from where. You can understand if the spirit is leading you somewhere, or if God is leading you somewhere that you is telling you you shouldn't be. That could very be very well be His hand moving you through life, and it and you may think it's hell, you may think it's that, but it's not. It's God moving His powerful arm because He knows what's best for you, and it, it may not look good for you. It may not. It may look like you've done something, but that's not the case. That's not always the case. So you, you can usually tell, though, the, the difference between those. And then you can tell the days that you just look and you just know. You're like, nope, not today, Satan. <laughs> not today. because Satan. Uh-uh. Yep, uh-uh. Because he's doing it. Like, he's trying. You, you know. You're like, oh, my gosh. This just won't stop. This is, and it's just little, little, piddly little things. The more you go, things. I think you can start to feel, yeah. the closer you grow, the stronger you become in the, uh, the spirit of the Lord, the more you can start to, I think, decipher, you know what? This is definitely a suck at Satan day. Like it is attack after attack. You know, you can feel the difference in it, but then sometimes you can feel you're going through a hard time, but it's not because Satan is after you. It's because yeah. God is trying to move, move in you. Yeah. Discipline doesn't feel good yeah. when it's happening. Sure. Right? Yeah. No, absolutely not. But the you Lord know, disciplines it, those It's he funny loves. because I, you know, I mean, I, I think of all the different things that happened that I swore was the end of my life, you know, that I, I just, it was the worst possible thing, like experience that could have happened in my life. But then I look back and I go, oh, wow, God, <laughs> thank you. You move me. Wow. I cannot believe what you did. I think my life is a testament to that. You know, I think Travis is a, our, our, our son is a testament, you know, is a testament to that. I mean, that we thought our lives were done. 
I mean, we we had no, we thought that was it. And then and now, now back, couldn't be further from the truth. To look at where we are now, I I unreal. The I mean, that, that's all that I have to but say. But wouldn't I mean, you agree just, that the the more you grow spiritually, the more you are able to decipher the difference between spiritual attack and sure. God growing yeah. you and moving you, yeah. right? Because some days are very clear. I'm like, this is a second Satan day. I think it's it's the days that you just get more bitter, and you're just get you just get that anger in you. I mean, whenever it invokes, you know, a kind of emotion like anger and bitter, and and there's just that tension. You know, a lot of times that's usually in a spiritual well, look attack. Look at your D's it's, it's, you were just sharing. Right, the D's you know? exactly. Yeah. That's that's what Satan wants to do. So he he wants to use all of them. To to and this is how he weasels in, you know. It's 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 funny. It's it's not like because there's some realities to yes. There's some serious demonic forces involved in a lot of different things, but again, it doesn't necessarily mean that there's not demonic forces all around you and in front of you. You just can't see anything. You don't well, know. Well, I've this. never touched a Ouija board. Right. I don't dabble in witchcraft. I don't, you know, you can sit right. here and do all those things sure. that are so clearly demonic. You're yeah. like, well, I have nothing to do yeah, with any there of that. There wouldn't be any demons near me. <laughs> you know, they're like, all around Guess you. what? They're all the around. The fact that you claim Jesus Christ and you are in your Bible, every time you do anything that is glorifying to God, that is just adding the target on your back for these attacks. It mm-hmm. is. And so the more time you are growing and letting the Lord work in you and convict you and turn you away from the world, that's bad for demonic business. They don't want that. So they're going to do anything they can to come at you, attacking family and friends and anything they can to try to get at you. Well, that's why we were reading yesterday in the music one that we did, but Manas Yahoo's lyrics with King Without a Crown with the demons surrounding me, trying to bring me down to negativity. It's exactly what it is. They're 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 around you and they're trying. They're yelling things. They're you know they're. I always explain it to um, anybody that asks me like directly. I explain it. I was like, you ever watch The Walking Dead? Okay, you shouldn't. But <laughs> if you did, if you did, you know what we're talking. We know about. what we're talking about. But it would be like, you know how you always see the big barbed wire fences, right? Yeah. And then you see like hundreds of zombies in front of the barbed wire fences, like sticking their arm. Through trying to get through, sure. right? But they can't break through, and then you see like the, the one dude standing there or whatever, just like looking at him or whatever, right? That's probably the best way to to describe the way that the demonic world works, actually, to get your yeah. your mind a real real um, thought behind that, because those 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 zombies, so to speak, they're a region and clawing and and, and hissing and yelling, trying to get your attention. They can't do anything. They can't get in and they can't destroy, you know, but they can get you to listen and they can get you to come closer to the fence and they can get you to trip up real easy. So that's that's the way that I usually try to describe it. I know that's kind of a little bit elementary, but sometimes people need to understand the way that the demonic well, world works. It gives yeah. you a, a, a visual of it. You know, you're sealed. They can't get through, but it doesn't mean that it's not going to happen. You know, and yes, because we have forgiveness of our sins, 
and because we are supposed we are supposed to confess our sins to the Lord and and Satan usually knows our sins very very Satan not usually Satan does know specifically our 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 sins and what we've done in the past okay none of that matters because those are the things that he goes and, and just throws up to God to say, "Ha, ah, look, look, they don't love you." They, but they can't do anything because we have the Advocate of Christ. We have the Holy Spirit. But how often? But do you see you that how to... these things would yeah. would absolutely destroy us? Because Satan's saying, "He did this. He did this. He did this. Look at this. Why aren't you doing anything? He doesn't love you. Watch. If you do this, he he'll completely not follow you anymore. Mm-hmm. If you do this, just like we see in Job." Well, and we know that for people, I mean, even believers, holding on to past mistakes and past sins and beating yourself up is one of the hardest things that people have sure, to do. Sure, and, and that's con- that's nothing but Satan. You listening directly to Satan when he's because he's telling you these lies of things that you've done. You know them. You can't do anything about. It. You know that. That's. I think there's a Spurgeon quote. I'm going to completely mutilate it, but it's or maybe it's not. Maybe it's Edward. See, anyway, so I won't I won't quote it because I don't remember exactly what it is, but it's. You know, it's pretty much they're saying these things, but we go, okay, so what? Yeah, I did every single one of those things, and I'm covered by the blood of Christ because, and I've completely turned away from all of those things. But see, you can see those things keep getting reminded to you, and and these are the demonic forces telling you, he's not going to forgive you for these things. He doesn't love you. You're horrible. You're not saved. Well, that, well, that's the greatest lie that, that he tries to get Christians to believe when they question their salvation. It's like, oh, crap, am I, wait a minute, can I lose, how do I lose my salvation? How does this happen? That's one of the greatest lies they tell you. He's not going to love you because of this. He doesn't really forgive you for this. Do you really think that he could forgive you for this? Do you know how bad that was against him? Do you really think he's going to forgive you? These are all these things that, and, and it's convincing, right? And you're like, ah, oh, crap. You're right. And Satan knows the Bible better than you do. So he could even point and, and point you to scripture to make you think like, oh, man, you're right. God's word does say that. <gasps> oh, my gosh. I'm, you know, and you start believing these. And it's, it's just a, it's, it's the snowball effect after this. And you're like, and you just start inventing these own things in your head. And boom, Satan has a victory once you start believing these things. But he gets you to destroy yourself and to listen to to your past, your you know your your tendencies. Like I said, he knows where you go. He knows what you do. You know, and, and he tries to get everywhere up in that through that, and tries to destroy you through it. That's why we always seek to to glorify God and not to ourselves, right? Because. The best way to to let Satan and his minions in our life is to to gratify ourselves and not not follow and and put on the armor of God. Um, so these spiritual attacks, like I, Satan knows when to hit you when you're down. He he knows the right time. He didn't. You know, he came to Jesus in the wilderness starving, hungry, right? I mean, that, that's pretty much the lowest of low that you could be in the stinking desert. I don't know if you know this, but it's pretty stinking hot there that time of year. And, you know, he's walking around just 
parched. So that's the worst, you know, the lowest you could be is a human. He's going to come to you at that point and, and get you to believe these things. So, yeah, if you're waking up on the wrong side of the bed, you're just not feeling good. Oh, that's a perfect day for him to work. That's a perfect day for him to get done everything that he wants to get done and get you distracted, discouraged, discontent, divided, doubt. Doubt is the biggest one. Deceive, destroy. That's it. Self-doubt. I, I mean, I, I suffer from that constantly. That's a constant demon that I have to fight. I know people have, here, I'll hit a, on a little bit of that one too. I mean, self-doubt's huge. It is, but it's it's a lie. It's a de I mean, whenever the spirit is moving you, and and you're trying to obey and you're trying to do these correct things, there's there's no there's never any doubt in anything that you're doing when you're trying to serve God. But yet they'll get you to go. Oh man, I don't know though. Like I hate to lose my family, or I hate to lose my friends, or what if they hate me forever? And you know. What if this doesn't work out? You know, you, you start, you know, even in a good conscious, it gets you worked down um, and starting to, to just doubt your ability for anything. And so that one, I mean, that, that is one that I, I suffer with constantly in every single way, but those are, I mean, it, it's very, very real, but they're all, it's just all lies. It's just lies to get you, get your focus off of God and off of, of your priorities. And it does. It says if we resist the devil, he will flee. It, well, we have to resist him and we have to keep resisting him before it, you know, it, it, it'll lighten up, but we have to resist it. And we can't give any opportunity for these things. So when you say, how do we have that suck at Satan attitude? You have to have it. There's no choice. Realize your life depends your on life it. Your life depends on it. You don't have a choice to live it. You, you have to. It's In some days, you know what that looks like? That that stands you and you have a finger in the air yep. with tears streaming down your face and you're just saying no. Yep. No, no, no. And some days it'll take you down to the floor in tears, crying, pounding the floor, saying, no, you're not going to do no. And that's how you do that. And it's it sucks. Sometimes they're into I don't know what the level is of how this stuff works. I don't know. You know, like I said, though, I mean, he, he plays off of our weaknesses and offer the worst possible times. So that's gonna that's going to that's going to definitely increase your chances for attacks when you have these you know not that there's anything wrong with our weaknesses but we have to understand them we have to know what we're dealing with and who our enemy is and what he will attack so you know these are our weaknesses are things that we need to constantly be in prayer for that God will turn these to strengths because once once these are strengths, these spiritual attacks, they start to become less and less, and you learn how to deal with them. I know all how of this is. I know. Them. I know this has been a long, long podcast of throwing a lot of stuff at you, but on wrapping it up, and I will do more on this because this has been a good topic. It's fun. It's it's a topic that not many 
churches, anybody talks about that in a in a real way. You know, I'm I'm not being freaking crazy person over here, you know, that that's doing these wacky podcasts on the spiritual world and being, you know, Rob Skiba over here. That's not I'm just having a, a honest honest biblical explanation of how this works in our lives and what this does. And this isn't it's something that we don't you know, we just don't get an honest conversation about. So I know I'll do more, but I know I've thrown a lot at you, but yeah, the more that you focus on your weaknesses and turning them to strengths, the lesson, the easier it gets. It does. You'll still have plenty of them, but guess what? You learn how to be able to deal with these things and these a lot easier. You'll think they just roll off. Yeah, whatever. Okay. That's going to happen today. Well, nothing I can do about that. Now, believe me, you're still human, so you still have a level of things that you just, you know, you have a breaking point. <laughs> you know, everybody has a breaking point. However, in the spiritual battle, these things become less and less. They do. The, as soon as you work on your strength and the more that you're on the word and the more that you're you're seeking Christ and the more that you're you're trying to live a honest life, even though that you will have persecution on the outside, you will have peace on the inside of knowing that you're listening to the spirit, the comfort of knowing that in, in, in just doing, and it gets so much easier in fighting against the attacks, but you have to strengthen yourself in the word. You have to make this a part of your life. This, the word and, and this, this becomes something that you involve your family in, um, yourself in all the time of every day. I know it's very, very difficult for some of you because you have regular working lives, but still figure out how to, to arm yourself with these, these tools that, that we are given to fight these spiritual battles, um, how, how to incorporate that into your everyday life and if you find yourself having trouble incorporating these things or finding that, you know, you're not having and spending the time with God that you should, then you need to straight up get out of your situation. You know, you need to or pray about it and think about it because, you know, you should never not have time for God. There's that you don't you don't. I hope this whole podcast has been giving you something to think about. With all of the stuff that you're fighting against and what's going against you, then you, you really don't understand that you really, really can't take for God and his word for granted because you need this to arm you. You need this to, to understand and make sense out of life. And um, yeah, I guess, that's, I guess that's my rant on uh, spiritual attacks and warfare. I hope it didn't get, I hope I didn't confuse anybody. Um, just let us know if we no, did. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure we'll probably have to maybe do a clarification podcast on this a couple times. Sure, maybe. just let us know, though. And, um, yeah, let us know. Those seven Ds, write them down. Right Stop right. letting this stuff get at you. Yep. And use your armor every day. Take that literally, the armor of God. That is what we do to defeat these things. And I will go ahead and post, or I'll send Heidi a couple links of a couple different things that y'all can check out about spiritual warfare, but uh, some great teachings on it. Um, 
one thing that I want to note is you'll find in a lot of these teachings that there's a lot of separate opinions that people have on these things. There's one, you know, obviously one whole view that we we hold, but different people have different thoughts on it. So don't get too far, you know, don't get too far worried about any of that. You you guys all see it, I'm sure, but 